Hey everybody, welcome to the Docs Sportscast today. So, we are super excited here. Aurora is uh, absolutely stoked this morning because we had NFL football back on the big screen last night. So, uh, definitely very exciting. Uh, obviously, I know a lot of people don't really pay attention to the preseason. A lot of fans don't care about the preseason. But here's the thing at the Doc Sportscast is every year the preseason, whether it's fantasy football takes, whether it's uh, takes during the regular season, this is something that a lot of people, I think, underestimate is the preseason because you can find gems out there. You can find guys who you can see and know, hey, this guy, if he gets the chance, he's going to be a viable option. He's going to play well. He's going to step up if someone gets hurt or something like that. It's also so, it's also a way for you to know guys to look for in the future years because a lot of times young rookies, things like that, they might not get their chance in year one. But if you see them play out in the preseason, you see them do well, and then the second year they really show out in the preseason, now it's like, okay, this guy's going to be really, really good for us. And it really helps you to evaluate your team as well as other teams when you're trying to look at them, evaluate the depth on those teams. So uh, we do get excited for it. Uh, I mean, obviously it's the first NFL game uh, back you know, in a while, and uh, we're definitely excited for that. Aurora is waiting for her Hall of Fame induction, uh, waiting to get a Hall of Fame jacket at some point, uh, but I told her that her contributions have been very minimal at this point to the NFL, um, with pretty much everything only being on the podcast besides the thousands of letters that she's written to Roger Goodell on how he should manage the league properly. Um, so with that being said, uh, we'll jump into this. What we're going to do today is break down a little bit of the game. Obviously, we'll get into it a little bit more in depth than what we will other preseason games because this is the only game that was on. It's the only game that happened this week. So we will break that down, get into it a bit, and then actually starting on Monday, we will talk a little bit more about the NFL, jump back into basketball for a bit before we ramp into more of the preseason for the NFL. A lot of big free agency moves, things like that. So look for that on Monday if you're wanting to get up to date on some basketball thoughts from Aurora and myself. So, this game, guys, obviously it was a low-scoring game. I think a lot of people expected that. Um, it also kind of shows you guys uh, the efficiency that you have from starters. Even guys that are out there in the NFL, it's not that these guys are bums. It's not that these guys are not good. It's the fact that these guys are still amazing players. They were still the best of the best in college. They were still the top of their teams everywhere they've been. And they made NFL rosters. And still, that level of play from the fourth string guys, third string guys, up to the starters is so massive, the disparity there. And uh, it should really show you some respect for those starters out there and what they can do and how they play. So even when you have starters going out there for the worst team in the league, you know, just have some respect out there because they're not bums. They're great, amazing athletes because think about how much worse the fourth string would be after seeing a game like this. Now, the Pittsburgh Steelers definitely played a lot better. Uh, they had more offensive talent. They had more offensive depth. This is something that Aurora and I figured going into the game that we would see anyway. Uh, Cowboys are really lacking a lot of depth, mainly at the quarterback position, but you can also see it in other areas. Uh, so, you know, once you get past... Uh, once you get past the first string of defense, which is, you know, a lot of young rookies, which are promising, uh, there, there's nothing there. There's really nothing there. And, uh, you know, from a running back standpoint, you know, once Tony Pollard wasn't playing, they, they didn't really have a lot of running back, um, a, a lot of good things added in from the running back position either. And, and we'll talk about that a little bit. There was one person that I thought made some good plays and, and should get focused on a little bit more, but, uh, We'll touch on that here in a little bit. First off, we'll start with the quarterbacks, guys. 
And the biggest thing to us when you're watching this from a quarterback standpoint, which were there were some big names out there from a quarterbacking standpoint in this game from the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mason Rudolph has been their backup. He's been the guy they go to whenever Big Ben has been out. Uh, obviously, he got an extended run, not last season, but the year before. And he's the guy that I think should end up becoming your future out of the three that played. He's the guy I think that should be end up, end up becoming your future if and or when Ben Rossberger retires. Um, but he's gotten a lot of play, a lot of action out there, and I think that he has uh, set a good field for himself in this first game, and it's everything that we've seen out of him. He's got some good pocket presence. He can make the throws. He needs to sit down um, a little bit and go through his reads a little bit more in the pocket. I think he does get a little bit antsy at times to get that ball out of there. But overall, he played very well. You know, six for nine. Uh, so six six catches on nine passing attempts. That's pretty good efficiency there, guys. I mean, that's, that's pretty good. Obviously, it's a small sample size. We'll see what he does in the rest of the preseason. But he had 84 yards, which led their quarterbacks in limited play. And he averaged 9.3 uh, yards depth per uh, reception out there. So that's pretty good as well. He did. He had the second best quarterback rating. And there's a guy that I think we should really be excited about. We'll look for and I'll talk about him here in a little bit. But moving on to the big question that a lot of people were asking about was Dwayne Haskins. You know, the Pittsburgh Steelers went out and they signed Dwayne Haskins. Obviously, he was a, you know, high round pick, first round pick by the Washington football team. Uh... And here's the thing. Washington football team got egg on their face, and Pittsburgh Steelers said, you know what, let's try some of that breakfast. So they tried some breakfast, and they got egg on their face as well because this guy, I'm telling you, from everything you see, it is not good. You can tell from a preseason game if a quarterback is going to be okay or not. You can tell, all right? And absolutely, you know that Dwayne Haskins, even just from this game, I can tell you right now, he will never have a promising NFL career. If he does, the best he will be is a solid starter, and that's going to be at least five years from now. There's so many bad habits. There's so many things that you have to teach and fix that you got to go back to square zero for a lot of these things, and you're not going to fix it. First off, he rushes his throws. Every one of his throws, except for maybe one that I saw, was rushed because he's not going through his progressions. He's not making the proper reads. He is not aware of the pocket presence and we'll talk about the examples of that but he doesn't follow through with his throwing motion if you watch him throw it's kind of like this hitchy little thing that you know there's no follow through there's no extension of the arm by the time he's done it's a cocked like think of it as like a pistol when most people were throwing with a shotgun out there in the nfl he's not he's not fully getting into that throw and fully twisting and, and being a part of it and I believe that's why you saw a lot of his throws, like, they just didn't get there on time. They were they were off a bit because you got, that's what helps you with that accuracy, especially on the deep ball. And he didn't have any, any accuracy when it came to that. He averaged 4.2 yards per reception while he was out there. He had the most run. He had 13 passes. He completed eight. <coughs> Sorry about that, guys. Um... So he averaged, like his completion percentage was the worst out of all the QBs out there with the most extended run. He had 54 yards on 4.2 average depth per, per target. I mean, and that is not good at all, guys. It's really not. You got to get that ball downfield. And like I said, if you're doing that little hitching and stuff like that, you can get away with that crap. If, if you're throwing, you know, 
between zero and seven yards, which is what he averaged. So you can get away with that crap, but you can't do that if you're throwing 10 plus yards downfield. You definitely can't do it if you're throwing 20 plus yards downfield. And I think if you go back, you watch his tape, you look what he did in Washington, that's what you're going to see. He, he cannot complete things down the field. He's not a threat to deliver that ball into pockets of places that you need for your, your guys. It's just not going to happen. And I think it was adamant in this game that you see that, okay? He can make some throws, but he can't make reads. He missed a wide open receiver in the red zone in the second quarter because he rushed his throw. He got it out there super quick. And he tried to go to the guy under the defense when there was a guy wide open in the back of the end zone. All he had to do was sit in the pocket for one more second. If he made the proper reads on defense, he would have understood that. The guy he threw to was double coverage, I think even triple coverage, triple covered. And the guy in the back was single covered and he was wide open. If he would have just waited a half a second longer, he would have saw that, threw it to him, but he didn't even look at it. So missed a chance to score in the red zone. And guys, that's what make or break that's what makes or breaks a QB right now in the NFL is can you make that red zone throws? There's lots of guys out there. Everybody everybody can throw. Everybody can do things. But can you make those red zone throws? Can you make those precision throws? Can you make the right reads and get guys in coverage in the red zone when you're not just throwing to wide open air? Okay? He can make the throws to wide open people. We know that. We saw that. That's why he got drafted the way he did. But he can't read the defense the right way to understand when to sit in the pocket and to wait for a better option and that's that was that's what was glaring to me all night long okay he also lacked pocket awareness so if you watch he is rushing throws a lot of time there was one time he checked down to the running back i believe he checked down to Najee harris and there was no reason to check down to him so quick like he he checked down super quick, and it was because he didn't decide to step up in the pocket. Plus, there's a couple times he should have used his legs. He should have used his legs and jumped and got out of the pocket, and he didn't. So, again, it's pocket awareness. He thought guys were coming after him, and they weren't. His his line had them blocked, and he just turned, checked down through that little hitch throw to Najee Harris, and he should have scrambled and gotten some yards or waited to see if something else downfield opened up. Definitely wasn't a good showing for Dwayne Haskins. Now, what I will tell you is I would be very excited if I'm the Pittsburgh Steelers from one other person, and that is Josh Dobbs. Josh Dobbs, I was very high on when he came out of college. Um, I, I, I loved the prospect. I thought he was a great player. I thought he was a very smart player. And I thought he would develop over time. And what you saw in this Hall of Fame game was that development. He has developed. He is a great, solid player. If you want Mason Rudolph to go out there and make throws and possibly try to win you games, Mason Rudolph could possibly do that. If you want to put a guy out there to be your starter for the future, and it's a guy that's going to be consistent and he's not going to lose you games, he may not win you games, but he's not going to lose you games, that's Josh Dobbs. He can get out there and make some good plays. Okay, I, I really saw that today. He, he stopped. He made progressions through his reads, um, and, and he took hits. He took hits willingly, okay? His touchdown throw. He threw a touchdown in this game. If you watch that throw, what did he do? He took a hit. He took a hit, but what he did was he took enough time to wait to give his receiver time to get separation. And that is what allowed him to get a touchdown as opposed to Dwayne Haskins, who didn't, okay? That is huge to me. He was four for six. Amazing percentage there, best of all of them. 37 yards, only on six attempts. That's pretty good. 6.2 average depth per target. I think he would have had more depth per target if he'd been there a little bit more to get, you know, to get going a bit. 
But um, still, it's be way better than Dwayne Haskins did on even more attempts. Dwayne Haskins got less and less average on his attempts while he was in the game. So I'm excited for Mason Rudolph, Josh Dobbs. If I'm going to cut somebody on the Pittsburgh Steelers, I'd be cutting Dwayne Haskins. Not that I want anybody to lose their job, but that's just the evaluation I see right now, and that's the direction I would go if I was a Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, to flip this over to the Dallas Cowboys, oh, guys, it did not look good. It did not look good from any of these um, quarterbacks as a backup. And so if I'm uh, Dallas Cowboys, I am praying. I am on my knees praying right now that Dak Prescott is going to be back and he's going to be healthy and he's going to stay healthy all season long because if you lose him, you are down to nothing. You know, you moved Andy Dalton and that was a horrible move. Like I would have kept Andy Dalton under contract and, and had somebody there in case this blew up on me. Um, you know, Phillip Rivers might answer someone's call. Maybe you look at him. But, uh, man, I'm telling you, right now, it just did not look good. Um, Garrett Gilbert looked the best out of all the three. And, uh, you know, he looked the best um, because he had pocket presence. He was poised in there. Uh, he, he waited. He made his progressions. He took two, two sacks. Uh, and at some point, guys, you need to take sacks. You need to. At some point, you should take sacks because if you're rushing to get the ball out of there just not to take sacks, you're not going through your progressions. You're not waiting. In the preseason, you don't have your best line in front of you. You're going to have breakdowns, and the defense is going to get at you. And so it's okay to take sacks in the preseason, and this is where you kind of build. The, this is where you put the hair on your chest. Like, show it. Hey, I'm willing to sit in there. I'm willing to take a hit. I'm willing to go through my progressions. And some of these guys did not show it. Garrett Gilbert, I think, showed that a little bit. He took two sacks, 10 yards uh, on those sacks that he he you know, that they had to lose from those sacks, which is not horrible. I mean, you know, it's a typical drop back progression there. And I think the line broke down a couple times on him and, and it makes sense. But he, he threw for 104 yards, only quarterback in this game to throw for over a hundred yards, uh, 13 attempts, same amount of attempts as uh, Dwayne Haskins on the other side. And he averaged eight yards per attempt. So that's okay. You'd like to see the average depth per target get up there a little bit more, but he played consistent consistent football that's what he was out there to do he was out there to play consistent football he didn't want to make big giant plays he didn't want to you know get out there and uh take risks and that's what that's what he's out there to do so i think he would be your solid backup uh ben denucci guys i mean he showed a little bit of get up when he got out there and, and scrambled for a, a run out there he averaged 17 yards a run so i mean you know that that's pretty pretty good but man other than that he was a little shaky out there uh, he did stuck it stick in the pocket and made some throws he took two sacks um, so he did stick in the pocket a little bit and make some throws, but his accuracy was not there. He was seven for 17. Uh, that's not the wide receiver's fault. You look out there, you know, as soon as, uh, as soon as he was put in, there were, there were guys out there that Garrett Gilbert was out there with, and he was just missing them. He wasn't making the right throws and the defense should have been getting worse as the day, as the game went on. That's what you would anticipate. And he threw an interception as well. So, and that interception was just absolutely his fault. You got interceptions where, Hey, the guy runs the wrong route. You got interceptions where the guy hit, you know, doesn't catch the ball and it goes through his hands and the defender catches it. Okay, that's absolutely on the. That's absolutely not on the quarterback. I get that. This interception was absolutely on him. It was it, that would be picked off every single time that you throw that ball. Every single time, and it wasn't against starters either. So, um, uh, horrible throw there. And to me, I, I don't have faith in Benanucci. That this is not the route you go. Uh, Cooper Rush to me looked a little bit better overall. But the biggest challenge that I, I, he will never be a starting quarterback in the NFL, in my opinion, guy was scared. Guy was scared, okay? If you watch that game, 
He braced for hits before the ball was even out of his hands. Okay? He braced for hits before the ball was even out of his hands, guys. He's sitting there, and he's he's back in his position. He starts to throw the ball and turns his body in a way that you don't when you throw the football because a hit was coming at him, and he wanted to put his back to that hit. So, guys, he was scared out there. He was really, really scared out there. I don't understand, um, you know, why. I, I don't know much about Cooper Rush. Maybe I need to go back and look at some film on him, but he was scared. Uh, out there for sure uh, when it came to it. He saw the defense coming after him, and again, it's the preseason. They're going to. He took zero sacks. Guys, take a sack. Get hit. Like Show you're willing to sit there and go through your progressions and reads in the pocket um, in the preseason for sure, and he did not do that. He got the ball out super quick. Average depth per target was 5.4. You know, not very good. You know, 70 yards on 8 for 13, so accuracy's down. I mean... It, it, it wasn't a good showing. It wasn't a good showing. Uh, so anyway, I mean, Garrett Gilbert would be your backup at this point if if I'm evaluating. But we'll see. Maybe there's some progression. Maybe Cooper Rush, you know, gets uh, gets uh, you know a little bit less stage fright. Is able to take some hits. Maybe he shows better. Who knows? All of this stuff can be reevaluated. It's one preseason game, guys. We're just trying to break down the things that we see that could be detrimental to these guys, and hopefully they work on it and they get fixed. Now, from a rushing standpoint, there was one big name out there that we got to see. Najee Harris. We got to see Najee Harris, guys, for the first time. The top running back selected in the NFL draft this year. And I will tell you what I have thought this entire offseason. I don't know if that was a great pick. I don't know if that was a great pick. I have some faith in Najee Harris, but I think you run by unicorns very rarely of guys who just transition and boom, they're amazing the next year in their rookie year. It doesn't happen all the time. Every year, there's probably at least one guy that does it, sometimes two on the rare side, but you do have busts. You do have guys who didn't show out and do the thing they were supposed to do. <clears throat> Clyde edwards alaire Anyway, I think Najee Harris could be one of those. It, I, I think it could be one of those. If you watched him, he was not... He was not patient enough with his reads. Uh, he was eager to get out there, and, and maybe this settles down. So, again, we're not going to take too much into this because it was his first game in the NFL. Um, I, I think it looked like he was very eager to get out there um, and, and get to the line and get moving and get his legs working. I don't think he showed a lot of patience. And I saw that patience in college. So I think it will come back. So still waiting to see that. But, you know, he had seven carries on 22 yards. That's atrocious. Uh, you're not going up against the best of the best on the Cowboys team because uh, a lot of their starters weren't playing. And he averaged carry was 3.1 yards. So that's not very good when you look at it. You know, I, I don't know if there's much to take away from that. Um, again, it's the first game. He'll get the jitters out of him and, and I think be a little bit more patient with his reading of the line. And then we'll see what happens. Uh, but I wasn't really impressed in the first game. But, again, it's the first game of his NFL career. So we'll see how it continues going. Uh, Jalen Samuels, you know, the veteran guy there, you know, at this point, 11 carries, 20 yards, horrible average average yards per carry. Um, Kalen Balazs, guys, I would just say this about Kalen Balazs. There's always a lot of speculation about Kalen Balazs. There's always a lot of talk about Kalen Balazs. Yeah, the Fantasy Focus Football Podcast has tons of names for him. The Bellagio, uh, you know, things like that. Um, but the thing with Kalen Bellage, and this is just what I've seen over the years. 
He is that guy that, you know, in basketball, when a guy goes out and he's like dominating in practice, every single practice, and he is the guy every single game in practice. And then for whatever reason, when it comes game time, coach doesn't play him. That's Kalen Balaj because he's a guy that comes out there and in the preseason, he looks pretty good. In in practice, he looks pretty good. Like, he's got the tools, he's got the things, but uh, it doesn't translate into starting football on the big stage with an actual game, and that's Kalen Balaj. He's a great practice player. He's a great guy who's going to go out there and put up some good numbers, but ultimately, uh, it doesn't transition all that much into the... Um, into starting NFL football for actual regular season games. That's what I see from him. Now, I think he is in a position that if he gets the right workload, he gets the right line in front of him, the right scheme, he could play really, really well. I have I have full faith in that because if you do it in practice enough, if you do it in the preseason enough, if you do it in scrimmages, things like that enough, which he does, it's going to transition at some point. But so far, he's been that guy that shows out in practice and you do not want to put him in a game because he will not perform the way he did in practice. That's what I see from Caleb Balazs. Um, but anyway, some high hopes there because, like I said, he does perform really well. At some point, it will transition. It's just when is that and will he be past his prime of his age when that happens, okay? Um, that's really all all that much to talk about about the running backs on the Pittsburgh side on the on the. Dallas Cowboys side. I mean, Tony Pollard was in there for two rushes, nine yards, 4.5 yards per carry. That's that's pretty decent um, on just two rushes. You know, he didn't even get warmed up in a rhythm. Um, Rico uh, Dodley. I don't know how to pronounce that name. I probably butchered that. Sorry about that, Rico. But uh, he had eight carries, uh, led, the, led the team in rushes, uh, 43 yards, uh, 5.4 yards per carry on those attempts. That's, that's pretty good. Uh, I mean, you'd like to see it a bit higher for a guy that gets, uh, you know, over over seven attempts, I would say. You, get, you start giving them in a rhythm and stuff. Like, you want to see a little bit more yards per carry because you're getting into a rhythm and a flow and things like that at that point. You're going up against non-starters, like we continue to say. So... That I think I should have been a little bit higher, um, but he showed pretty well. He showed pretty well, so I'd be a little, a little excited to see what he continues to do out there. Uh, to me, besides Tony Pollard, he looked like the best guy out there. These other guys didn't really get a lot of time to get in a rhythm or, or make the right reads and things like that. So who knows? Maybe they'll step up in the future games, and uh, you know we'll see them play well. But we'll have to wait for that now. Receiving wise, uh, there's not much to take away here, guys. There's not there's not all that much to take away here. Um, you know, Chase Claypool led the team uh, on probably the most one of the most limited uh, options, which tells me Chase Claypool is going to be legit. Now he did drop a wide open catch at one point in the game, and that concerned me. He dropped a wide open catch like 20, 30 yards downfield, had room in front of him to run. And just completely missed it. So I had some worries about that because it was it was elementary. Like you make that play, you're you're in NFL. You make that play, you make that catch. And, and maybe it's a preseason. Maybe he wasn't taking it all that seriously. Um, which if I'm a young guy in the NFL, I'm not gonna do it. I'm, I'm gonna take everything seriously. Um, but anyway, like Chase Claypool, I, I think he's gonna be a guy that you really gotta watch for. I think he's gonna be the guy that transcends this year. But we'll have to see in the rest of the regular season when Ben gets out there, who does he have chemistry with? Who is he throwing the ball to? Because he may want to get the ball to Deontay Johnson a bit more. We only saw two receptions for him there. We didn't see any receptions from Juju Smith-Schuster, which, you know, I don't even know if he was out there on the field 
at that point. Um, you know, Anthony Johnson had three receptions. Um, you know, but but again, they're they're out there very limited time things like that. I think Juju uh, or Clay, Chase Claypool played very well. He had a 45 yard catch out of those three, so he he showed some good spurts like he did all year last year. Um, on the Dallas side, I mean, you know, what are you looking at here? It is a bunch of scrubs. They didn't have their their starters out there really most of the game at, at all, and they they didn't really throw to them because they didn't have you know, anyone solid that had any chemistry with them throwing them the ball. So if you look at it, you know, you didn't get any catches from C.D. Lamb. You didn't get any catches uh, from any like any of those guys. Gallup wasn't out there, you know, and, and then obviously you didn't have Amari Cooper out there who's got some issues right now um, from, you know, being able to be on the field. So, you know, not much to take away from the receiving standpoint on Dallas's side. Um, I don't think there was a lot to really look at. You know, Malik Turner had four catches who led the game. Uh, with four catches, uh, 47 yards, average depth per target, 11.8. I mean, he played fine, but I think it was because the guy that was there was looking for him and going for him. Uh, we'll just have to see how it progresses through the regular season or, or for through the rest of the preseason. Now, guys, I will I will say this. Um, you could find gems and things like that in defenses and um, special teams when you're looking at the preseason. And the big thing to take away from a preseason game is – who won the special teams battle? Because that's the team that's deeper. That's the team that when you get down late in the regular season and you get past 10 games and you're, you're, all your guys are gassed, all your guys are worn, there's beats and bangs and bruise, bruises, who do you got in there that's coming in and still giving you some fresh legs and, and some, some good opportunities there to, to not be worn down because you're deeper, right? And it was definitely the Pittsburgh Steelers in this game. I mean, their special teams destroyed destroyed Dallas on a special team standpoint. Um, you know, the Steelers dominated just from a special team side. You know, they had a field goal block. They recovered a fumble on a punt. I mean, heck, that, that rookie punter they had punted the ball right inside the one-yard line. And I don't even think those guys had to stop the ball. I think it was going to sit there on the one-yard line. I mean, that was a beautiful picture-perfect punt from him. Like, somebody pay that guy. Pay that guy. Keep him on the roster. He needs to be your starting punter for the rest of the season. That that was amazing. When he came out there and showed what he showed, um, you know, I, I mean, I just like I said, that that guy did did really really good. Um, you know, Presley Presley Harvin Presley Harvin the uh, third showed out on those punts. Um, but yeah, I would take that away from this. Uh, you know, say hey, look, like Pittsburgh is deeper. They're a deeper team, and I know a lot of people want to say, hey, the Dallas Cowboys, you know, they're legit. They, they, they drafted their first six picks in the draft or whatever it was in the draft was all defensive players. They're bolstering that defense. They're going to they're gonna be top defense in the league now. Guys, look, everybody always gets way too excited about the Dallas Cowboys, okay? It's kind of like Stephen A. Smith with the New York Knicks. Every little move they make is always amazing. Like, that, it, it's just kind of ridiculous. Um, there is no reason to sit there and think that, oh my gosh, they went so heavy on defense in the draft. They're going to be the number one team in their division in defense. Guys, that doesn't happen. That doesn't happen. Look at the Carolina Panthers. They took, they, they invested a lot in their defense last year. They had a lot of good young, young, good young guys out there playing for them, flying around, making plays. And I liked their defense last year. I loved watching their defense last year because there's some young guys that this year, I'm telling you, they're going to step up, and Carolina defense is going to be no joke this year. They will be really good because of those guys they brought in. But last year, they still weren't a top defense, guys. They still weren't a top defense. They still weren't, you know, 
right there making accolades and all this stuff. Now, yeah, good offense will help the Dallas defense a little bit too, but they're not going to be first in the division. you got the Washington Redskins sitting there. They're definitely not going to be first in the NFL if they ain't first in their division. That's absolutely crazy for you guys to think that. I mean, it, it would be, it would be, they would be, they should be happy if they're second in their division on defense, okay? Because the New York Giants, I mean, they could have a better defense for all we know. Now, the Eagles, I don't know, because I think they're dropping, they're going to be dropping like crazy because I don't think that offense is going to be efficient. But just get over the hype of this, guys. Like, it's just like on offense, you, you can't take defensive players and draft a bunch of great defensive players and just expect them to ball out in their first year. Why did Washington elevate last year with the young people they brought in? Because they brought in Chase Young, but they already had good, solid veterans around Chase Young. So he was one piece to elevate those other good pieces around him, and they helped elevate him in return. That is what made them have a solid, good defense last year. This is complete opposite for Dallas Cowboys. This is sitting there saying, oh, we have some decent veterans out there. Uh, we have a couple of good gems on the defensive side, and we have all these young rookies coming in that are going to elevate the veterans, and this is going to be a great defense. Sorry, guys, it doesn't work that way. You can't just throw out a, a, an entire team of rookies and just expect to be amazing. That It's not going to happen. So um, expect it to still be a down year on the defensive side. I'm telling you guys, it's still going to be a down year. Um, they're, they're still going to be somewhat atrocious at times because veterans will pick those rookies apart. Um, now, when they go up against a young rookie quarterback or a second-year quarterback, hey, maybe that defense has a chance to shine a little bit. But that's not going to happen against these veterans. So slow your roll a little bit. I heard someone out there on a, another podcast or ESPN or whatever it was, an article or something, and they were saying that Dallas is going to be the number one defense. Like, I don't know if it's in the division or the league, but either way, it's not going to happen. So um, slow your roll on that. Understand that you know Micah Parsons and some of these other guys they went out there and drafted young rookies. Um, it's gonna take them a little bit. It's gonna take them a little bit. Yes, their their success in college, their their natural talent will transition into the NFL, but it's gonna take some time for them to understand. Now, by the end of the season, they might have a pretty good defense, but overall, over the course of the season, like they're not gonna be the best on average, even in their division. Okay, it's going to take them some time. It's going to take them time to mesh and gel together in their schemes, understand what the coaching staff wants them to do. So it's going to be a work in progress. By the end of the season, if they're the second best team in the division, they should be super thrilled on a defensive side. And, um, you know, if I was them, I would, I would look for next year to be a year that they're going to focus on their defense and make it a staple of what they're doing. But they've invested a ton of money on that offense. And a lot of these veterans, Van Der Esch and some of these guys, I mean, who knows if they're going to be able to keep them. So you better be happy with all these young defensive players while you have them because you're paying Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott, and Amari Cooper. <laughs> I know Jerry Jones has deep pockets, guys, but at some point, something's got to give. So whatever. Anyway, we'll wrap this up. Uh, great Hall of Fame game. Super excited to uh, see everything last night out there in Canton, Ohio. And, uh, yeah, we can't wait for next week when we get into more of the preseason, get to go through some depth of some of these guys that we may not see a lot in the regular season, but guys that we might see later on down the road flourish into good starting players for teams. So that being said, Aurora and I will hop off here for the day, let you guys get back to it. Thank you so much, and you'll hear from us again on Monday.